0: Who did we do last week? Dolly
1: Trota Ann. of Salerno. Oh! And Dolly Madison.
0: I didn't realize it was that big. It's big. <laughs> She's biggin'. You sent it and I just thought it was like a... Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was no, like, scale to it? Yeah. Oh, damn. So, I go first. No, you go first. Yeah. I turned around expecting, like... <laughs> just a little thing. <laughs> Think <laughs> ooh how exciting. Mm-hmm. Me and my sister went to Centralia. Okay. Is that Washington? Yes. Okay. It's ha- the halfway it's the center point between Seattle and Portland. Ah. kind of. Clever. I think. I don't know if that's why it's named that. <laughs> <laughs> but on our way back we went to uh, what is it? The casino. Alani L- oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's the big one. It's right off the interstate,
0: right? Yeah. Okay. What is it called? Ailane. Ailane. Uh-huh. Ailane. Yeah. Oh, that place. I've never, I've never, I've been to casinos before, but I've never put money in machines and okay. press uh-huh. the buttons and stuff. And so I did it for the first time this <laughs> Wednesday. Uh huh. And. My cousin was giving us money Mm -hmm. to just go to the machines, (laughs) and then she was yelling at us because we had like 15 cents left in the machine and couldn't place a bet. So we would get the 15 cents back, and she'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) It's 15 cents. We're not going to cash out with 15 cents. (laughs) But then I got $27 off of a machine. That I put $5 into.
1: Way to go. Mm-hmm.
0: So now I am a professional gambler. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Yes. <laughs> uh,
1: what's your What's your game of choice then? Uh, it, was, it was a slot machine, right? Yes. So you were just hitting push, buttons yeah. on the screen.
0: I went to machines that looked fun <laughs> <laughs> and then would push the button. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, no. And no. then <laughs> on one machine I found out I could stop it myself. Like uh-huh. I could press go and it would... I wouldn't mm-hmm. have to wait. So I just hey. kept going uh, 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 uh. <laughs> And it was irritating my cousin who uh, that's does know how to do like does know how to work slot machines. Oh gosh. I played one called Milk Money and it nice. had a bunch of cows on it. <laughs> that's why I picked it. <laughs> uh I think I picked like an under the sea one yep. to play. Yeah. Um Yeah, and there were two others, but those ones I didn't pick, those ones.
1: Your cousin did? Yeah. Nice. But yeah, when we were in when we were in Vegas, I oh sorry, when we were in Vegas, I did. I was like, "Danny, how do how do I do this?" She was like, "I don't know, hit some buttons." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I cashed out with like a dollar fifty. Yeah, <laughs> so twenty seven. That's is there impressive. a method to that? I don't to think not machines? with the machines. No. Okay, I mean, it's you can pretty. Be, you can be good at like playing cards. Yeah. And you can be kind of lucky, maybe, when you're playing... I won a shitload of money playing fake roulette at Danny's company party last year. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) But I've never played actual, like, hands, like, cards in hand. Mm -hmm. I'm always too nervous, because I still... I know how to play poker, kind of. Mm -hmm. I know how to play 21, kind of. Mm -hmm. And not 21, blackjack. Mm Mm-hmm. But not enough to sit at a table and pretend like I fucking know what I'm
0: doing. See, and I think I'd be good at poker because I don't know how to play poker. So oh, yeah. my poker face would just be confused the whole <laughs> way through. Just the board. And they wouldn't know what, <laughs> like, what emotions I'm feeling or what's in my hand. Oh, that's hysterical. We used
1: to play Texas Hold'em in high school. Ooh. We'd have Wednesday night poker games and would play i don't remember how <laughs> mostly I, I know the vague you know idea but hmm. let's go gambling yeah
0: let's we'll do get it. all
1: the vices out in one yeah. one fell swoop <laughs> it'll
0: be great we'll um gamble yeah we'll drink yep we'll do hard drugs <laughs> we'll do meth whoa 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 whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. what other vices are there cupcakes yes (laughs) (laughs) meth and cupcakes (laughs) the perfect weekend
1: (laughs) oh shit oh hello oh hello hello everyone hey welcome to that broad got
0: moxie yes i'm kiana i'm cassie we're here yeah danny's here danny's here she's chilling on the futon Mm -hmm. mm-hmm
1: mm-hmm we're uh gonna we're gonna record some things
0: yeah we have <laughs> been recording we actually have, indeed <laughs> surprise <laughs>
1: oh so i go first this week yes is there's a long one i do need to know that i don't think so okay who are you doing <laughs> who i'm doing who am i who i'm doing today um okay so right off the bat I am doing. Her name is Huda Sha- Shaarawi.
0: Okay. Do you know who that is? I was looking up people to do, and her name came up, but I don't oh. know anything about her except she's Egyptian. She is Egyptian. Okay, Very
1: good. Yeah, Danny suggested her because whenever I need. Ideas. Mm-hmm. I never go to the very long list of people that I have already decided that I <laughs> want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and always go, oh man, who am I going to do this yeah. week? So, anyway, this is Danny's
0: suggestion. <laughs> That's what I do.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why don't we make this easier on ourselves? Nobody knows. So, Huda Sha'arawi uh, was an Egyptian feminist who influenced not only women in Egypt, but throughout the Arab world. She was a pioneer in feminism and brought to light the restrictive world of upper-class women in her book, The Harem Years, which she published in 1987. Okay, so that's just a little intro blurb. Yeah. So just to kind of make it clear what this is. Mm -hmm. In Egypt, when she was growing up, she was raised in a, quote, harem system. Basically, that's just uh like a way of living wherein the women are kept secluded and separate mm-hmm. from men mm-hmm. and veiled anytime okay. they're out in public. Okay. And so once, you know, this idea of like a harem, you know, mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote is a very western yeah. white view of what a harem is. It's it's a way of living mm-hmm. but is not like a, just a den of, like, sexual women. Yeah. It's like women and children and their families living these lives basically being completely taken care of and not really having to do mm-hmm. anything for themselves. So very wealthy families uh, would have separate buildings where the women would would live. Mm-hmm. And eunuchs um, were used as guards for the households Whoa. and would act as their messengers to the outside world. Okay, Um, that's too bad. It is. It's It's, very.
0: I like the idea of, like, a like a pregnancy pact and like women being together and like that kind of system, Mm -hmm. but not being able to exactly leave. If it
1: was, if it was voluntary, exactly. If it wasn't restrictive, Mm -hmm. and like you have to stay here. If it was more of an option to be, like, this is where I choose to live amongst mm-hmm. other women with our children and have our own little, like, safe space. Safe space, or, you know, a group home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing. But to to say, you can't leave, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Okay. So the word harem actually refers to the rooms in which the women stayed. And all women, rich or poor, went outside veiled and wore hijabs, except peasant women in the countryside. Hmm. So, all of this is to say, uh, this is just how they lived. They were there; it's a cultural tradition, mm-hmm. and it was followed by Jewish and Christian women as well as Muslim women. Yeah. So, what? Years again, she was born in
0: 1879. Okay, so 1870. So. okay, yes, yes. I heard '79, and I was like, uh, mm. I don't know if they were doing this in the like '80s. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's yeah, no, okay, okay, that so. makes more sense. <laughs> yes,
1: Huda was born on June 23rd, 1879, in Upper Egypt. She came from a wealthy family in a city called Minya. She was the daughter of Muhammad, who later became the president of Egypt's Chamber of Deputies, which is, like, a government-run thing. And then her mother, Iqbal, was of, it's, shit, <laughs> <laughs> Circassian descent. Sounds right. So, basically, it's this big group of um, an ethnic group of people from the the Caucus like mountains areas mm-hmm. in like Turkey and Russia and kind of Eastern Europeany yeah they were all driven out in a big war that Russia had and then so she is she's not Egyptian okay. she is essentially like Turkish like Eastern European okay and she was sent to Egypt to live with her uncle and that's where Iqbal met Muhammad. Okay. So, Huda was very educated uh, from a young age. She was tutored in a variety of subjects and spoke French, Turkish, and
0: Arabic. Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Three hard languages. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of sounds that she can produce. Yes.
1: It's very impressive. Then I can't... Nope. Not even a little bit. <laughs> not even <laughs> so. a little bit. Um. So, at the age of 13... Uh, Huda was married to her cousin, Ali Pasha Shaharawi. So, this is an arranged marriage. And in their marriage contract, he had promised to leave his... She was essentially, like, a slave or, like, a concubine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he, it was written into their, you know, into the stipulations. Yeah. And he already had four children he was a widow he hadn't been remarried and so that's how this kind of came to be mm-hmm. like well you're going to need a husband to you know continue mm-hmm. our family line here you go so that didn't happen so he promised that he would he would not have this slave anymore mm-hmm. and well a year after they got married she had his baby okay and so Huda was like i i'm um, done with this so oh they... not
0: she didn't have
1: his baby. No, no 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 okay no. the his his slave, slave slash slave slash concubine had his child okay and who does no dummy and she yeah. was like i know who <laughs> that, that shouldn't be possible <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh she separated from him they they couldn't get divorced but she separated from him and they were separated for the next seven years so during this time, she was able to be a lot more independent. And she caused quite a stir when she would leave her harem and go out shopping by herself. Mm. It was very, this is like, I don't know, it's ridiculous. But in my mind, all I can picture is like Princess Jasmine. Like, she yeah. just wants to leave the castle walls. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not the same thing, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, she was like, I don't want to do this. I want to have my freedom. And so, like, going out, shop, like, getting her own clothes and her mm-hmm. own, you know, things that she needed was crazy. Because usually she would just send somebody out to go do these things yeah. for her. Or be chaperoned. Or be chaperoned and... You know, just have a very limited... Like, you can't just go wandering anywhere. Like, if you're going to go out in public, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to go with you. You're Mm going to be completely covered. And also, you can only go A, B, or C.
0: Yeah. Not all over.
1: So, she went out shopping by herself. It shook everybody up, and they're like, you can't do that. (laughs) And she was like, fucking watch me. (laughs) So, she continued to extend her education... Um, she learned the Quran, and she became involved in activism. Okay. As she grew up, her husband, again, who she was not divorced from, but mm-hmm. was separated from, was also a political activist. And so he started to include her in his political, like, meetings, mm-hmm. and came to her for counsel and was like, what should I do here? Oh. Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. 'Cause they have these very separate lives, like yeah. so much so that they don't live together. Yeah. You know? And he's coming to her and going,
0: How would you handle this? Yeah. You know? That's he did a real one eighty on Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to be unfaithful to you. Mm-hmm. But also now Help me. Help help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> help me help you help the world. <laughs> So, Huda had, Huda had,
1: <laughs> oh, uh, my marker fell. Son of a bitch. It's a ghost. It is a ghost. Um, Huda had a hand in many firsts. Huda had a hand. I <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, okay, how do I, Huda had a handa. Vinny Vidi Vici. Mm.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. It's okay. No, that's fine. You just added on to the... I know. The fun.
1: (laughs) Let's try this again. Huda had a hand Mm -hmm. in many firsts for women in Egyptian society. Uh, Let me say it again. In Egyptian society. (laughs) Boy, everything is just kind of blah, 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 coming out. In 1908... She founded the first philanthropic society run by Egyptian women uh, where they offered services to poor women and their children. Hmm. Uh, she believed that having women run these, you know, these philanthropic projects, it would challenge the view that women are created for men's pleasure,
0: which is bullshit. Yeah.
1: And they're in need of protection. Also bullshit. Mm-hmm. In 1910, she opened a school for girls that focused on academics, instead of teaching them. Yeah, homemaking, know, homemaking, and also midwifery mm. was some, was a skill that was taught. Which is a necessary skill. It is. I. Yeah. It's a good skill to have, I suppose, if that's what you're into.
0: It. Mm, the idea of being a midwife
1: terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, when I first, when I first moved to Oregon,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: lived with two separate host families. And the second host family I lived with, the the mom, who was only like five years older than me. Mm-hmm. She was a young mom, but was going to school at OHSU to learn how to be a midwife. That's... And I was like... you're just up to placenta (laughs) to your elbows every day (laughs) placenta (laughs) (laughs) yeah to anyone out there who's listening
0: if you're a midwife god bless you god bless because or um what's the other one uh, um Abdullah Maddu- Dula. Dula. Oh, you- I was... Allah. God. I was like... God. Oh. <laughs> yes, um, I was also. thinking... Abdullah. Ab- Abdullah. But that's because I was listening to... Allah. <laughs> <Paula? laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Paula Abdul in the car on my way here. <laughs> Straight up, now tell dear... There's that song. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ow, ow, ow.
1: Danny loves Paula Abdul. I...
0: Clearly, good, yeah. you
1: guys have something in common that I, like. I had no idea.
0: The cold-hearted snake. Look into his eyes. oh He's been telling lies. I can't with you two. All right. I want, I if I ever give back. birth, I want a Paula Abdullah <laughs> to deliver my baby. She has to just whisper it into your vagina. Straight up. How to do you really want to love? And then when I'm in pain. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: We should have a podcast. Gosh. <laughs> that would be great. It would. Oh. <clears throat> where the hell was I? I was so distracted. Oh, midwifery. Dude, midwifery. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where am I? Okay. Okay. Around the world, social reform was happening, mm-hmm. right? Women's suffrage was gaining ground in, you know, like the United States mm-hmm. and in um, Britain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Europe. Europe, all over Europe. So this is all gaining ground, and the women of Egypt were like, oh, okay, let's get on board with this. So the country was modernizing and was... Ever expanding its educational and healthcare opportunities for women. Mm-hmm. So, it's so the turn of the century. They're like, we gotta stay on top of this because we want to be at the same level as the rest of the world. Yeah, or you know, the modern world, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Huda organized lectures for women on various topics, uh, which was essentially like. To bring them out of their homes mm-hmm. and into public spaces and be like, hey, we're here. We're going to live in society just like the rest of you men are. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So after World War One, many women left the harem to take action against the British rule in Egypt. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Huda stood up to organize them. And in 1919 she helped to organize the largest women's anti-British demonstration. Hmm. So she was really, like, taking charge and was like, look, nobody else wants this. hmm Guys, get the Brits out.
0: Yeah. Let's rule our own country here. Let's be an independent nation. hmm
1: Exactly. And then in 1923, Huda founded the Egyptian Feminist Union, which is still active... As, like, a nonprofit mm-hmm. today. Oh, wow. So it's Lasting. almost 100 years old. It's just short of a 100 year old, like, nonprofit organization. Mm. Um, they focused on a bunch of different women's issues, including suffrage, the women's suffrage, and education, and also, like, passionately fought against the restrictions on women's dress and their freedom of movement, Mm -hmm. like, in, you know, in the public arena,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as well as their personal freedoms, essentially, like, choosing who and when to get married, how and when to have children, Mm -hmm. and if they want to get divorced or not. Yeah. Uh, When Egyptian independence was announced in 1922, much like in the United States, women were expected to return to their old way of life. Mm-hmm. And just go back to the th- way that things were yeah. had always been, and there were. She was like, "Yeah, that's sorry about it. Not gonna happen." Yeah, thanks for the help. Uh,
0: go back to what you were doing.
1: Exactly, and that's that wasn't cool. She's like, "We have we've been on this mm-hmm. this progressive way forward. Mm-hmm. We're not just gonna stop and turn around and go back now." Yeah, good for her. <laughs> yeah. So today. Many women all over the world choose to wear a hijab, yes, or a veil. But in Huda's time, like the time mm-hmm. of her life, it wasn't a choice; it was a requirement. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and in yeah, some countries it's still it still exactly a, you know. in some
1: countries it still is. And then, so after Huda's husband died, uh, in 1923, she made a she made a decision for which she is now famous. She returned to Egypt after attending a woman's conference in Europe, Mm -hmm. right? It was in Rome. She went, had all these meetings talking about women's rights and, you know, Mm -hmm. like moving forward in the world. Liberation. Liberation, exactly. So she stepped off the train back in Cairo and she removed her veil in front of everyone Mm -hmm. in in this train station, so at first everyone was like shocked, yeah, to see to see a woman's face, face mm-hmm. out, just out in public for everyone to see. But after a few moments, the crowd broke into cheers and applause. Oh! And some women joined her in removing their own veils.
0: Oh, that's really nice. I know it's. Just- <laughs> Yeah, I
1: know too. I, I, <laughs> yeah, Danny just said she got goosebumps, yeah. and all of us did because it really is just like to think about. First of all, how much? Oh my
0: god! Fucking fireworks! Mother, sorry, is, it is daylight <laughs> out; you can't even uh, see them, and they're
1: just so oh, they're just so loud. Give me wait! It a ruined the attack. moment for real, <laughs> bastards. Anyway, where was I? Yeah. So my beautiful moment, um, (laughs) this, this moment of having the courage and just, I don't know, the fortitude to be like, I'm done Mm -hmm. and takes her veil off and just kind of, it was like crickets, Mm -hmm. right? And everybody's just kind of looking at her and then people start clapping it's like a it's like a moment in a movie yeah which and, would be
0: beautiful <laughs> yeah and like i was a little afraid that the reception wouldn't have been yeah. so nice but to know that like at least the society in which that she took mm-hmm. it off in front of mm-hmm. the people that they were also like it is time like exactly. such a symbolic like step forward yep. as a huge group of people yep
1: and then for for her to essentially inspire these other women mm-hmm. to say, look, she did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why can't I? And then took theirs off as well. Yeah. And I just, yeah. It just gives me, like, ugh.
0: Yeah, that's really nice.
1: Goosebumps and, like, tummy flutters when I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, within a decade... Um, you know, so she come, takes her veil off and within, within, you know, the next 10 years or so, very few women decided to continue to wear the veil. Mm -hmm. So over the next 10 years was, huge changes were made and women were like, you know what? This is the first step Mm -hmm. in being liberated and being in like an independent woman Mm -hmm. taking the veil off. Yeah. Huda continued to lead the Egyptian Feminist Union, demonstrating and organizing the fight for women's rights in the New Egypt. In 1933, with her pushing, you know, her mm-hmm. constituents and people in law, um, uh, people in the government, a new law was agreed upon in Parliament that, re- that helped regulate the work of women in industry. It made... I didn't write the word. Anyway, it made <laughs> it made sure that uh, a wom- a woman could not work could not be made to work more than 9 mm-hmm. hours per day. Mm-hmm. She had to have one day of rest. She got 1 month of maternity leave. Hmm. And she was granted 15 days of leave at half sa- half salary after the delivery of a child. Okay. Which Not enough
0: time. (laughs) Yeah. But more than... (laughs) More
1: than nothing, though. Yeah. It's... It's, again, 1933 is a big step Mm -hmm. in, you know, making sure that women are being treated equally and, if not equally, then at least getting, um, you know... I can't even... My brain isn't working right now.
0: It's okay. (laughs)
1: They're it's making steps towards you know yeah. progress.
0: Yeah, and I mean the U.S. now doesn't
1: exactly. We don't like,
0: <laughs> maternity leave is you know? isn't mandatory. It sure isn't. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: She was oh so anyway, this was a huge victory for the union. Mm-hmm. She represented Egypt at women's congresses. And she went to cities like Paris, Amsterdam, Berlin, Istanbul, Brussels, Copenhagen, and Geneva. And she advocated for peace and disarmament. Okay. Uh, she was also a member and in 1935 became vice president of the International Alliance of Women for Suffrage and Equal Citizenship. And she was the founding president of of the Arab Feminist Union in 1945. Oh. And then two years later, um, she died of old age on December 12th, 1947.
0: Okay. That's a, that's nice. That's, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had never heard her name. hmm And, like I said, when I was trying to find someone to talk about, mm-hmm. Danny had this list, you know, on a a BuzzFeed article she had found and was like, "She sounds really interesting." And mm-hmm. when I looked into it, I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome. She seems,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah." And what a pleasant story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: She's mm-hmm. a real mover and a shaker, and yeah. we love
0: those. We love movers, shakers. Yeah, bronze with Moxie.
1: <laughs> All the <moxies>. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay.
0: okay. Okay.
1: Sorry, guys. Get I'm comfy. just really uncomfortable in my body today. <laughs> Oh. Oh. Okay, so.
0: Well, now you get to sit back turn. and relax. and Prep yourself for this story. Okay, so who are you talking about today? So, it's several. I'm doing Malaysian ghosts that are ladies. What? <laughs> <laughs> ghosts slash cryptids. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, snap. Okay, there was, I am excited about this. There
0: was one that I read about, but it wasn't nearly long enough it would have been like 10 minutes oh, okay and so i messaged danny and was like hey could i just do like a bunch of ghosts <laughs> that are that are always. still ladies always <laughs> um and so i've picked four okay and oh just i'm excited as a like little oh wait hold on who did you write down your sources
1: oh no i got my sources i wrote them down I got a bunch of information from, hold on, it's called Haramier's Bargaining with the Patriarchy in the Changing Egypt Hmm. by Julia Lissica. Okay. Lissica. And she's, um, I think she was a student at the University of London. Okay. When she wrote this, and she wrote a, b- this big, long, like, 13-page thesis, mm-hmm. which was beautifully written. Um, there's also a book that is called Casting Off the Veil, The Life of Huda Sha'arawi, Egypt's First Feminist, and that's written by Sanya Sha'arawi La Lenfranchi. Okay. Lenfranchi. She wrote that. I think that was written in 2012, and I also got information from AmazingWomenInHistory.com. dot com.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. And a little bit from Wikipedia, but you know, yeah. you know, He's always, always, always <laughs> a little sprinkle
0: of Wikipedia <laughs> in there. We're actually sponsored by Wikipedia. I'm no, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah sponsored not Sponsor- necessarily <laughs> not by Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> anybody
1: anybody out there you listening we need
0: sponsors we'll talk about your products yes we will to people out there we're great salesmen <laughs> we are <laughs> okay that's all okay carry on back to Malaysian yes. ghosts
1: Malaysian ghosts please tell me all the things
0: so my sources okay a uh, book called Malay magic mm. masian masians. <laughs> gosh darn it a website or an entry called malaysian ghost stories by a blog site called scary for kids perfect the paranormal guide entry on a few of these ghosts that i'm going to talk about and cracked.com yes perfect i
1: love a good ghost story i'm
0: so so excited and they're like some of them are ghosts some of them are more like cryptids yeah just they're just spooky okay Okay. Spooky stuff. So, to kick off this fear festival, yeah. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. about the Penangalan, which...
1: Ooh, I've heard of this one. Have you? The name is for very familiar. Yes.
0: Do so you know how I was singing Black Betty yes. when I got in here? Yeah. It's because to remember how to pronounce this... It's well, Penangalan. Yeah. Penangalan. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it since last night. <laughs> um, so, the Penangalan. So, women are at risk of becoming a Penangalan, if they enter a supernatural pact with like a demon or a shaman or whatever mm. to gain supernatural powers, but then they break the pact. So you can oh. make the pact and if you follow through okay. with it, you're fine. You're but fine. if you break the pact.
1: The consequence is you become a Penangalan. Yes. Oh, I said that well. You did
0: say that Thank well. <laughs> you. <laughs> so the um, example that one of the websites gave was if you promise not to eat meat for 40 days in order to gain supernatural powers, but then you eat meat Mm -hmm. you break the rule and then you then become a penangalan Mm. and you're also a bad catholic (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) all right my bad (laughs) um so penangalan is a female vampire that appears as normal looking like during the day okay but at night her head detaches from her body Hmm. and she flies Through the air with a full set of organs and intestines trailing behind her. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) So she has long, like, tangled hair and deep red eyes and is on the hunt for human blood. Because it's like a vampire type thing. She especially likes the blood of newborn babies. Of course. Or pregnant women. Mm. And if possible, instead of drinking the blood of infants, Mm. she'll just eat them whole. If Mm. she can get her intestines on them because she has no hands.
1: Oh, gosh. Uh She's just a flying head with a bunch of gooey bits following behind. Yes.
0: (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Boy, I was not expecting this. (laughs) So, since she hunts in the nighttime, Mm because this only happens at night, she preys on her victims as they sleep. She attempts to get in through, like, windows and stuff, like, floats in, Mm -hmm. but if she can't find her way through, like, any of the entryways of the house... She uses a long, her long, sharp, invisible tongue uh. to snake through the floorboards uh. of a person's house, and mm-hmm. then will stick them into, like, women and babies as uh. they sleep in the uh. house. If anything gets in her way, her internal organs act as tentacles, oh, and boy. so she can oh, grab Jesus. onto victims or, like, obstacles uh-huh. and, like, move them out of the way.
1: Oh, so she has not need hands. She's no. got, like,
0: elephant trunks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but they're organs. Oh. Yeah.
0: So imagine Oof. like your, your small intestine just nope. Like, I can't. Okay, I'm gonna grab this leaf, this curtain, <laughs> move it to the side. <laughs> Those who the penangolin have fed on usually die, but if they survive, they'll suffer from a wasting disease. Like they'll just waste away, oh. and only a shaman can cure them.
1: Hmm.
0: So as her head and organs are off feeding on babies and pregnant women, yeah, her body is left vulnerable. Oh. And will begin to decompose as soon as it detaches. Ew. Yeah. Gross, right? <laughs> Super gross. But to keep her body fresh, the Penangalan will uh, leave her body in vinegar. Oh. So she'll pickle her body mm-hmm. while waiting. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even, like, look away
1: from you right now. I'm so...
0: Um. Appalled. I imagine... Oh, I'll tell you after this. Okay. So the body is in vinegar at during the night yep and at dawn she'll return to her body and then in like submerge her own entrails in the vinegar as well so that they'll shrink back up and then be able to fit back into the body ah
1: yeah naturally okay yeah of course (laughs) one does also she comes out smelling like a dill
0: yep so in the daytime if a woman smells like vinegar no <laughs> it is likely that she is a penangalan
1: oh my gosh or she works at a deli <laughs> like
0: well no because I'll, we'll get to that um it's even more likely that she's a penangalan if she works as a midwife so they try to be oh. as close to pregnant women and babies as oh, possible to okay. know where they have to go oh shit. so if your midwife it smells like, like, like vinegar uh-huh. you should be afraid noted but all those midwives out there who are listening to <laughs> us <laughs> right um anyway if there there is a chance okay. that as a midwife you might just like pickles or you like pickling yeah. things so it's I not like a pickle freak <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> she's a penangle <laughs> surprise so there is a chance that that could happen, mm-hmm. but the surefire way to know if it's a penangolan is if, while you're giving birth, your midwife avoids eye contact and licks her lips.
1: No, I could have done without that little blurb.
0: <sighs> I loved reading about. This stuff. I, am, I am upset. Um, the best way to protect yourself from a pananglant, because I'm sure you're, you want to know. Um, so line any entryway into your house with thorns, like thorny branches or like dangerous. bushes or whatever. Okay. Well, it's because as she's floating by, her intestines no! will get stuck on no! the branches. <laughs> no! And then she'll be stuck there so that you can like come out of your house, be like, oh, there's a and I'm going to kill it with a machete or just leave it and it'll eventually die. It'll just... Stuck on these.
1: Oh, for Pete's sake...
0: And then to prevent them from coming in through your floorboards, you put prickly pears or prickly pineapples Mm -hmm. underneath your house for the same like, oh, they'll get caught, you know. Noted. The whole nine yards. Alternatively, you can just find her abandoned body. Yeah. Pickling somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the wilderness. And kill her by pouring broken glass into her open neck hole so that when she reattaches... All of her insides get cut up by broken glass.
1: Oh, for Pete. This is so
0: violent. <laughs> I think it's funny. Boy, you couldn't have started. You couldn't eased me into this. She just went right for it, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't think you have the guts to kill somebody? Uh-huh. Fair. I understand. Okay. So it's suggested that you just turn the body over so that when she reattaches, the head's on backwards. <laughs> And then, so if you see a woman with her head on backwards, it's clearly a (laughs) Penangalan. And that's how the the true identity would be revealed without you having to murder somebody. Oh my gosh. I would just like to take this
1: moment to say, when you said that, I really just imagined Goldie Hawn going, do you remember where you parked the car? (laughs) From Death Becomes Her? Okay.
0: Yeah, that's what I- Yep.
1: Just, just a head laying on its side.
0: (laughs) Do you remember where my goddamn body is? <laughs> okay. So that was, that was the story of the Penanglan. Okay. A little short coming at you. Hot. Um, coming in hot. I think it's funny because a lot of this stuff has obviously been translated. Yes. So like things that might be like scary and eloquent in yes. the language that Malaysians speak, which I am. Uh, I don't know. Malaysian? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, when it's translated, it's just like
1: right not. translated in English. It's like yeah. that's no, you're wrong. Yeah, that's not what we
0: meant at all. Yep. <laughs> okay, so now okay boogieing on Ford okay. and our horror hoedown.
1: Yeah, ho- Did you write that? Yeah,
0: <laughs> you monster. <laughs> I am the monster. <laughs> yes. Um, I will now tell you about the Pilisit. Okay. So, she is a dark spirit or uh, like a demon figure okay. that is revered by shamans in Malay culture. Mm. She can only be summoned by a woman and can also only attack women. Man. There Layden is... women
1: are getting the business.
0: <laughs> well, there is a male counterpart to this. Oh, okay. Uh, but... Not important, because I'm telling you about the palisade. Okay, yes. So, a palisade is created from the tongue of a newly buried dead body that was the eldest sibling in the house, and whose mother was the eldest sibling in her house.
1: (gasps) Okay, not me then.
0: Yeah, so we're we're (laughs) safe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the body has to have been less than 40 days old. Okay. So you have to be able to hunt down somebody's family tree, and then also know when you have a time limit okay okay uh the Paley sit must be summoned have i already said that <laughs> must be
1: summoned by a woman
0: yes okay so summon. it has. To, right not necessarily so once it is summoned okay it is the servant of whoever has summoned it
1: um, do you want to know how
0: you want you want to know how to summon one yes obviously. i have a little excerpt oh okay. so on digging the body up carry it out to an anthill in an The open ground. No. And there, dandle it. Do you know what dandle means? Nope. So it's when you have a baby and you like bounce it. Okay. And you, that's what dandling is. That movement is dandling. Okay. So you must, so you have a dead body. Mm -hmm. You're on an anthill. Yeah. Dandling. (laughs)
1: Guys, the, the, uh, the hand motions that go along with this story are really good so far. It's
0: up and down. Yes. Up and down
1: gotta be real fucking strong to dandle a dead body yeah (laughs) well okay okay
0: i i was like i'm not gonna tell people how to summon it because that'll be creepy but then i was like nobody's gonna go through to find the the person who would qualify and then to do what i'm about to explain next yeah too much work i don't think anybody's gonna do that no so dandling a baby or no dandling Dandling a a dead body okay yes after a little while the dead body will scream like a child and the tongue will roll out and then you have to then bite the tongue off <laughs> of the dead body. No. And then take that tongue home. <sighs> okay. Then obtain a coconut shell. Yep. Uh from a from a solitary green coconut palm. So okay. it can't there can't be any yellow on there. Mm-hmm. Green. Green. Um and then carry it to a place where three roads meet. Okay. Light a fire. And heat the shell till oil comes out of it. And then dip the tongue into the oil.
1: This is disgusting.
0: And then bury it in the heart of the three crossroads. Leave it there untouched for three days. And then dig it up. And in the jar that you've just dug the tongue in. Okay. It'll turn into a cricket. And okay. that is a pellicid. A pellicid is a fucking
1: cricket? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: for shit's sake. So... <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a demonic cricket. Oh, come on. Sorry. You just went through all of that and you think that's just how crickets are made? <laughs> <laughs> I got one in my yard right now. I, oh, I brought, so we've started harvesting our lettuce from our garden. Yes. And I made the mistake of not running it under the hose outside uh, first. Mm-hmm. And so I would, like looked around and I was like, oh, there's no bug in it. And then it was in the sink and like shaking it upside <laughs> uh-huh. down and a, giant fucking cricket or like grasshopper uh-huh. came out of it and I screamed <laughs> and then told Zeth to take care of it because <laughs> I didn't know what to do with one in a house. <laughs> we got it. It's okay. Problem solved. Yes. Okay. Go. So you have your pelicit cricket. Aka cricket, uh, mm-hmm. and you keep it in a bottle and you feed it with the blood, with your own blood from your fourth finger and then... So I think it's your pointer finger. And then if you don't want... That's
1: your second finger.
0: That... Well, I was going from the pinky. One, two, Who three, four. Who goes from four. the pinky? <laughs> Me?
1: Your fourth finger would probably be your pinky.
0: Well, then what about your... Th- would your it be your ring not, finger?
1: Your thumb's not a thumb. Maybe. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Your fucking fourth finger.
0: Your fourth finger. Just
1: don't make any pelisets okay, Yeah. In case crickets.
0: Don't. But, okay, so if you're in our situation right now, yes. you can't f- figure out which one's your fourth finger, you can just give them saffron rice. Oh. They like that, too. <laughs> Blood or saffron rice. And then you could keep them there until they are ready or until you have decided who they will attack.
1: The cricket is going to
0: attack? Yes. So, the cricket can possess a body. Okay. So, the palisite <laughs> must... Oh, okay, before we get into that. So, the Tell us it must have a continuous host at all times. So you can keep one on you for forever, but you have to be feeding it constantly. Mm -hmm. And once, if you die, Mm -hmm. your like, kids have to then take care of it. Okay. Because it's, it will, needs a generational host. Mm. And if it's not, then the demon will create havoc in your house. Gotcha. And so then it'll then turn on you if it's not being fed. Okay. If it's too much of a responsibility, and you just can't do that, uh-huh. you're like, I have a dog, I have two kids, I can't, <laughs> can't be feeding this cricket, Yep, <laughs> you bury the bottle into the ground, and then that'll be the end of it.
1: That's how you get rid of it? That's how you get rid of it. This is not a very strong demon, I'm just saying. It's in the tiny <laughs> cricket body, and if you put it in the ground, it's just dead, it's just done. Yes. So. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty easy thing to take care of. Kind of,
0: well, you know what? It is. So... Okay. <laughs> say you've now used your peliset. Yes. It will enter the body of whomever its mistress has told it to attack. Okay. Um, And then it'll inflict pain on the person and chaos okay. into, like, their being their life, and surrounding. Uh-huh. And a person afflicted by a pellicet will typically rave about cats. That's a sign. <laughs> Mm, yeah so got my eye on don't
1: don't you fucking look at me <laughs> both of you leave me alone anywho i have no crickets in me
0: so well if if you did what we would have to do mm-hmm. is exercise my crickets well yes so <laughs> we'd get a shaman okay not even exercise so we get a shaman who kay. would then talk to you and mm-hmm. they will ask the pellet said, obviously because yeah. you're possessed who is your mother and to this question, the palisette will answer. Yeah. In your voice, but just at a in a higher tone, like a falsetto. Okay. And then just give the name of the person. Oh. So it's not a very loyal cricket.
1: No. It's a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what um, happens to snitches they get, get buried in the dirt and then they die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> accurate, yeah. I think.
1: That's pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. So once they have the name, they can just go to the person and be like, "Hey, that was that wasn't very nice. Take it, take it back. Tell it to come back." And, and then okay, it, so
1: let me get this straight. This thing only attacks women and it can only be summoned by women. Mm-hmm. That is some shady shit right there.
0: <laughs> Why? That's some that's some straight up women on women hate. Yeah, but there's a male version. I think it's called the Belang. Belang. Okay. So it t- you just can't oh, cross. Wait, just
1: one belang or
0: a belang <laughs> belang? Oh black <laughs> Betty, Belang belang. <laughs> Well, you said it twice and I was like is it a bolang-boang or is it a blang? No, just once. And, okay. I thought I put, I thought I put another emphasis on the second way I said it but I didn't. <laughs> um okay. so there's just no co-ed cricket spirit that can <sighs> okay. go between yeah. Okay, fair how, enough. How fun. Perfect. And that's that. That's that. That's the that's the pillow set. Pillow set, Okay. Okay. Now we're moving on to Sewer. Okay. So, moving forward in our blood curdling bona- bonanza I can't. <laughs> Malaysian I can't. ghost, the So she is the spirit of any woman who has died while giving birth and I also miscarried. Oh, okay. So she appears now as a beautiful woman mm-hmm. with long, like super long, sharp nails Ooh. and hair that hangs down to her ankles. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's typically, typically she's typically seen mm-hmm. wearing green or white, like okay. a green or white dress, and she wanders around coastal villages. Just be coastal. Mm. They also have the ability to take the form of an owl, so the long nails okay. are then long talons. And then they can fly through these areas as well. Okay. The Langsir is jealous of pregnant women mm-hmm. because of the own tragedy that she had experienced. Uh-huh. So she'll either attack you and kill you if you're pregnant mm. or she'll cause you to miscarry.
1: Oh, gosh. That's dark. Yeah.
0: No, it's dark. <laughs> a lot if- of vengeful <laughs> fucking spirits over there in Malaysia. Yeah. And a lot of them are, like, specifically target pregnant women. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know. I read a, right. about a lot of them, and almost all of them are about pregnant women. Weird. Yeah. They have a thing, maybe. <laughs> so, if in the night she has no luck finding a pregnant woman, or if in the village there is no pregnant women or babies, mm-hmm. she'll resort to sucking the blood out of fish. Now, she doesn't use her mouth to suck the blood. Oh, boy. She has a hole in oh. the back of her neck oh. that she uses to suck the blood. Gross. Which I visually don't understand.
1: Okay. Let me... Have you ever seen um, Miss Peregrine's... No. No? mm Okay. Miss Peregrine's Home for Extraordinary Children. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary Children? Peculiar Children.
0: Peculiar. Yeah. Because it's a That's alliteration. right. Yes. Peregrine Peculiar. Peculiar.
1: Anyway. They're great books. But also, there's a little girl. I think her name is Grace. Mm-hmm. And she has, like, a cute little girl face on the front, mm-hmm. but, like, the back of her head is, like, a she has a big, like, monster mouth, and that's how she eats. Mm-hmm. So in one scene, specifically in the movie, she puts, like, a chicken leg back there and mm-hmm. moves her, like, holds her hair up, and then her big back head mouth with big giant teeth just, mm-hmm. like, nom, 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 like, eats this chicken.
0: Yeah. So and f- that's what I'm picturing, and it's terrifying. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I just have a hard time like if you're attacking a person I'm coming at you yeah turn your back around like (laughs) just toss yourself back on top of them right I don't know that's not very efficient it's not so she could also (laughs) instead of using her neck hole um (laughs) possess possess a victim and then drink their blood from the inside so I think they just like shrivel up like it's a human was once a grape, and now they're a raisin kind of
1: deal. <laughs> I mean, I get it. But where is it coming out of, and where
0: is it going into? Listen, is she... I don't know. I've never been attacked by a Lancer. <laughs> for for Pete's sake. Okay. None of this makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> but I like it a lot. I like it. <laughs> okay. So now picture this. A person close to you has just died while giving birth, and also is miscarried. You know she has a chance of changing into a land A Lancer... So, Mm -hmm. what do you do? I'll tell you. Okay. It's believed that if she cannot open her mouth to shriek, Mm -hmm. wave her arms as wings, or open and shut her hands to assist Mm -hmm. her flight, Mm -hmm. then she will not turn into a spirit. Okay. So, what do you do? You place needles in both of her hands. No! Glass beads in her mouth, and an (sighs) egg under each armpit. (laughs) (laughs) This will ensure the safety of your loved one.
1: Okay. I thought they were going to, like, tire, like, bind her like Mm-mm. a mummy so she can't move her arms.
0: Mm-mm.
1: But they're, like, she can't move her arms because she's got to hold on to these eggs.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I don't even think the needles are, like, in her hand. Yeah. And she's holding them. But if she were to close her hands, she would uh. be at risk of hurting herself. Oh, for Pete's sake. So it's actually very gentle. I su- <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Could be worse. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Okay. So you've done this. Oh, no. Yep. You forgot to do it. So the person you love has become a lang sewer. Uh-huh. What do you do? Do not fret. They can be tamed. They can be tamed? <laughs> yes. So you have to catch her. Okay. Trim her nails down. Uh-huh. And cut her hair. So just ankle length hair. Give her a nice sleek bob. Okay. Um, And then put the nails and the hair into her neck hole to plug it up. Ugh. After you do this, she will become, quote, tame and indistinguishable from an ordinary woman. I can't. She'll just be, quote, cases have been known indeed in which she has become a wife and a mother. No. After she's been tamed. And. But she's dead. <sighs> she's a dead spirit who we've tamed who mm-hmm. then gets remarried? Yeah. Okay. And That's she'll remain normal until Uh-oh. she dances in a village. <laughs> and then she'll revert back to her ghostly form oh, for pete's sake. and then fly away into the dark from whence she came
1: from whence she came Abso- of course naturally Mm-hmm. why would it be anything else
0: yeah <laughs> and that's that <laughs> <sighs> and now for the final cryptid ghost thing okay and this is the one that i really wanted to do oh for pete's sake but it's also the shortest one okay so Last up in our sinister, sinister sit-down, we have <laughs> this, I can't, hoedown, mm-hmm. boot Kick.
1: scootin', boot
0: scootin', boot boogie, that's my next story, <laughs> <laughs> horror hoedown, horror hoedown, blood-curdling bonanza, oh, for Pete's sake, fear festival, fear festival, yep, and now the sinister sit-down. Okay. Um, so, before modern time. Oh, it's the Hantu Tetek. Have you heard of this? No.
1: I don't think so.
0: So before modern times, the Hantu Tetic story was told to children as a warning to keep them playing outside after the dark. Okay. Hantu Tetek translates to breast ghost. Oh. And is said... <laughs> To be the ghost of an old woman who is unable to have children.
1: Uh Uh-huh. God, again, Uh with the pregnancy and things. Okay.
0: She has a haggard, wrinkled face, long, stringy black hair, and enormous breasts that grow out of her back. (laughs) 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 Um, With her huge breasts, she'll lure attractive, virtuous young men. Okay. And also children to her. Uh Uh-huh. If she finds a child, she'll grab them. Hide them under her boobs, <laughs> and then kidnap them and run into the forest, and then raise them as their own. But the child is never heard from again. Oh, yeah. Okay. If she finds a young man, uh-huh. and they are looking at her at her breasts, her tatas. Yes, she'll use them to suffocate the man, <laughs> or she'll just smack. They're like heads. Yeah. Oh like over the head with her huge breasts and kill them instantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The Hantu Tetic is also said to be closely related to the Hantu Kopek ghost spirit. Okay. Which Kopek translates to nipple. Oh. So you can see how they're closely related. Sure. <laughs> um <laughs> They go hand in hand almost. Yeah. So they look the same, haggard face, huge boobs, except the nipple ghost's gig is to drink the milk of lactating women, causing them to go dry. Okay. And then she'll eat the baby.
1: Oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah.
0: A lot of baby eating. Heavens, (laughs) Betsy. So, it is rumored that there are only two things that will scare these ghosts away. Okay, tell me. The first one, sharp objects. (laughs) So, if you keep scissors or a knife nearby... Naturally. Safe. They're like, gotta stay away from yeah. that shit. They're like, whoa, that's... That, that's scary. That's much. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, just keep scissors around you all the time. No problem. You're safe. Secondly, this is just for the Tetic. So... Yeah. The Tetic is afraid of ladies that bear their own breasts.
1: So, just walk around topless. <laughs>
0: yeah. Everywhere. Well, so if you see a young person oh. being attacked... Uh-huh. Just...
1: Whip the em. titties out.
0: <laughs> And ah. the tactic will be like, oh, no, oh, no. and run away. <laughs> it is your duty. With your enormous back titties. Yes. It is your duty to whip the titties out <laughs> to protect those kids. <laughs> but if you are, if you see it happening, but mm-hmm. it's a Kopec and you've just been mistaken. Yeah. You just look like a weirdo and your tits are out. <laughs> it's not going to scare them or anything. You just need scissors. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, I was I, I wanted to do that one because I was like, w- "What is the origin story? How, How did this big-breasted the, ghost come about?" Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't find it.
1: So, ah, <laughs> <sighs> but that's that. That's that. Those were great.
0: things. I am into
1: the ghost stories and monster stories. That mm-hmm.
0: that was a lot. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. It's too bad they go after like babies and pregnant women yeah, so often it's kind of a bummer oh, right. oh that was your tummy <laughs> it sure was that's mm-hmm. the sign that we're finished we're done <laughs> we're wrapping up here all right
1: if you would like please follow us on instagram and facebook we are mm-hmm. at that broads got moxie mm-hmm. and on
0: twitter we are at broads got moxie mm-hmm. please rate review and subscribe Mm-hmm. From wherever you are listening, if you can. It really helps us. Yes, and it we does. like We like seeing the feedback.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, if you have any suggestions or questions or stories you'd like to share, you can email us. We are at thatbroadscotmoxie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's all we got. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Music by Sage Krenning.
0: Cover art by Vinny Navarrete, produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti.
1: Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the
0: inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.